you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like, we call him Gandalf because, like, he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. Coming off the bench. And the second question is... For me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages. I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. Hello and welcome to The Uncontested, a podcast where we cover the NBA, OKC Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and I guess eventually on Spotify. I think I've said you can find our podcast soon on Spotify, every podcast, but we're not yet on Spotify. So eventually we'll be on Spotify. You can also find our podcast articles and other cool things at our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I am the Thunderbob, Jacob Niffin, and today I am joined by the guy who spent his entire week at the state capitol, call me Armorabian. Mary Phelan, Oklahoma, everybody. Uh, she wasn't even there half the week. Yeah. Yeah. Probably at, uh, the, at the highway police officer uh, kind of station. Yeah, well, she was in D.C. giving a uh, symposium over educational development, you know, so whatever. Uh, fan of the new Drake track, Taylor Peterson. Drizzy Drake. Be peeping, be waiting for that new album coming out soon. The guy who is still searching for James Halliday's first hidden key, Nick Crane. What up? And finally, back from, I don't know who put this in the notes, quote, shit-ass Nebraska, Justin Hickey. Man, I heard y'all talking shit on the last podcast. In the words of Russell Westbrook, I'm going to get y'all asses back. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. We are going to talk about the past two Thunder games, look at the last few days of the regular season, talk a little bit of playoff basketball, take your questions and would-you-rathers plus more. But let's start with the state of the Thunder. 
Alright, so the State of the Thunder was pretty easy this past week because it only featured two games. Actually, it featured two games where the Thunder played against the number one and two seeds against the Warriors at home on Tuesday, which Oklahoma City did lose 111-107. to They had no Steph and pretty much nobody else except they did have KD, they had Dre, they had Clay, And then last night, they played the number one seed in Houston, uh, away from home, when what's actually won, 108-102. to Taylor, you have some notes over those. Yes. So uh, that Warriors game, like you mentioned, that was tough because it wasn't like the Thunder we've seen this season where they maybe have a bad game and they just flat out lose it from start to finish. They legitimately were in that one the entire way, mainly thanks to a guy named Russell Westbrook. It was a lot of fun to watch all the way up until the buzzer. And then it was no longer any fun. Paul George ended up with 20 points, which was nice, but his shot still just didn't seem good. And I believe uh, after that game was when he mentioned his shot was feeling funny. He made that comment, which was a little worrisome. Then we had Carmelo, who had 12 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. It was good to see him get those those rebounds, but his points still, they were, that was worrisome as well. Steven only had 7 points, but he had 13 rebounds, and that was pretty big. But all in all, I kind of thought it was interesting to me because while Steven's usually been an X-factor for us against the Warriors, he really wasn't that night. And I think they de- defended him really well. And In fact, there was even some questions from reporters directed to Steve Kerr about that. And, and he talked a little bit about that and said that was something they really try to focus on with this game because they know how good Steven is. And the Warriors are kind of lacking some true centers right now um, outside, of, I guess, Zaza. And Jordan Bell, who's really good, but he's inexperienced, and then a couple others. And I think they just released – it was uh, – how do you say his name? The guy they just released, was he a center? Uh, make room for Caspi. Omri Caspi, yeah. no. Caspi. He was more, okay. more of a forward. Stretch yeah. forward. That's what Three, I said. Three-four okay. type of guy. But, yeah, so they, they have some centers on the roster, but really not like a true center like Steven. I mean, I guess Zaza is, but yeah, – Yeah, yeah oh, JaVale. Okay, that's true, but he just – JaVale doesn't like, count. Yeah, <laughs> and Steven pretty much bodies him almost any time they match up, and that even happened, so JaVale didn't see a ton of minutes. But anyways, then we move on to uh, Corey. He had a decent game with 10 points and 6 rebounds. He got 25 minutes. I thought he played all right, but he still wasn't really finding that stroke like when we first got him. And then Russ, just that might have been one of the best stretches of basketball I've ever seen Russell Westbrook play from that third. About midway through the third, all through the fourth quarter, was just stellar. He had 44 points, 16 rebounds, 6 assists, played a game-high 41 minutes. Um, So it was fun, like I said, all the way until the end, and they just kind of fell apart. But then we move on to this Rockets game. Hey, hold up a second. Before you move move off from the Warriors, I just wanted to say Melo and George in that game shot a combined 9 of 35, Mm. including 3 of 18 from 3. That was ugly. Not going to oh, yeah. win really any games whenever the two guys that are supposed to score the ball for you shoot that poorly. Right. And I forgot about this. I actually, speaking of bad shooting, uh, John Ham, Hot Ham, tweeted out something the next day. So the Thunder averages 42.9 potential assists per game and, tw- and 21.3 assists per game. So shots that actually go in the basket compared to shots that could but don't. Um, and the league average is 52.1% of potential assists actually become assists. So versus the Warriors, OKC had 42 potential assists, but only had 13 assists that counted. 
so that just shows how poorly they shot. Particularly when you, I mean, Russ was dropping some dimes during that hot stretch, even when he was scoring. I mean, he made some incredible passes, and we still couldn't finish. Steven couldn't finish at the rim, it seemed like, although I don't think he had common theme. He doesn't get the ball enough. And then, like you mentioned, Melo and PG just weren't making their shots either. But, yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot I had that. That was yeah, very my, interesting. My biggest takeaway from that game was seeing Alex Abrinas get up and dunk on somebody. Oh, my God. That was God. awesome. I can't believe I didn't mention that. I should put that I in mean, my game notes. That are was you incredible. kidding me? Yeah, me and Jake looks like if, at each other. Russ. Yeah. If he, if he can do <laughs> that, that was, oh. and be athletic and finish at the rim and shoot threes, like maybe we can use him a little bit. And I think I, something he, that's like really underrated is early in the game, they went to Steven Adams post up like three or four times and Steven Adams did some work and got some easy buckets as well. So we'll probably see a lot more of that in yeah. next season. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was awesome. That was awesome to see. And then we saw that again, and I'll talk a little bit about this here in a little bit during the Houston game, but he had that and one where he finished at the rim and did some like acrobatic Terrence yep. Ferguson type shot and was able to get that to fall. So I thought that was cool. You guys have anything else on that game? Man, I'm telling y'all, really nice to win it. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, this is uh, Kevin Durant's last game in the peak without an OKC jersey on again. Oh Here God. it comes, dude. You <laughs> we knew. He's not coming back to Oklahoma City. <laughs> He's Just coming Mr. back to Oklahoma Hook. City. You had oh. so You're many Mr. people Hot fired take, up. Man. Yeah, in, in he had the so many people fired day, up on Twitter. In the Slack of the day, Justin said that. Basically, Kevin Durant would be playing in an Oklahoma City jersey before Andre Robertson would be, and I think he's full of shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, y'all I don't gonna know see. What, I don't know what's going through your head, man. But hey, I apparently predict- he has some inside I, connections. I predicted the Eagles to win the oh, Super Bowl God. coming off a of seven and nine season. <laughs> Come on, guys. Have first, of all, here. first of all, uh, KD, KD doesn't want to come back. Second of all, we don't have anywhere near the money to even sign like a minimum level veteran right now. So I don't know how we're going to get him to come back to OKC. I got it planned out. Oh, oh you got it planned <laughs> out. Let's move on to the Houston game. Let's move on. To the- <laughs> yeah. We'll come yeah. back to this pod. So speaking of very optimistic things uh, was the Houston game. Uh, oddly enough, as I'll get into, I felt that we still didn't play our best game. And I think the stats will kind of reflect that. But we got the win. It was still another super fun game to watch, which is really nice because we kind of had a recent dry spell of basketball that's been kind of either boring or frustrating to watch. Frustrating is probably the better word for that. But I thought that the bench, they played really bad offensively outside of Jeremy Grant, who led the bench with scoring, particularly Felton. I know we all were talking about that a lot in our group me and our Slack. Felton just has not been looking good offensively, although he was playing some decent defense. But uh, I just, yeah, that, that wasn't He needs to good. move the ball, man. Like, oh, yeah. He, he falls in love with that jumper too much. Whenever he gets out there, and uses a screen to get downhill, and they ping that ball around the around the three point line, and it ends up in somebody like Patrick Patterson or Jeremy Grant or Alex Abrinas for clean three point looks. That's good offense. Yeah, and I mean Alex Abrinas didn't make his threes last night, but still, it was like the the second unit. It wasn't just that Felton like was shooting the ball bad. It was that they were generating like not good offense. Right. Yeah. There was no ball movement. It got stagnant. It just it wasn't good. I agree, and he was throwing up some terrible shots. Some of them weren't even hitting anything. 
Um, so it'd be nice to see him kind of get going here heading into the playoffs because that'd be really big for our bench. But speaking of the bench, I actually thought that Patterson, Grant, and Abrinas, like you mentioned, Abrinas wasn't hitting his shots last night. He was one of eight on field goals, but I thought he played some incredible defense for him. And even, I mean, even not for him. I thought he played a, gave us some solid minutes on the defensive end. Jeremy Grant was incredible. Patrick Patterson was incredible. Played some incredible defense down the stretch as well. Uh, kind of overlapping with that time that Russ was kind of going through his defensive lockdown, which I'll get to. But Paul George completely disappeared. He didn't make a single shot until 143 left in the third quarter. And that was his first shot since midway through the second quarter. He he did that thing where he plays Houdini and just, just disappear, disappears, except occasionally on the defensive end. And that's not going to cut it when we're playing some of these teams in a seven-game series, if we're, if we're fortunate enough to do so, which it looks better after last night. There was no Jeremy Grant at all in the third quarter. That hurt us. Uh, but OKC did start the fourth quarter on a 9-2 and two run. And I think Jacob tweeted that last night when he was on the Twitter account. That was really nice. And then also Grant did close the game, which was awesome as well. I thought it was interesting that Steven was the one that ended up sitting. But I got that because of the lineup that Houston played. And I think Billy mentioned that. And then Melo had 22 points on 7 of 14 shots, which looking at that stat, stat line looks awesome. But his final six shots he missed. So basically he had like a great like first two and a half quarters. And then after that, yeah. He hit some I think clutch free throws when he uh, yeah got that, and that's three. yes yeah that is true uh, the thunder shot really good from the free throw line which was awesome to see very encouraging uh, yeah yeah because they, he, they have been going through an awful dry spill you mentioned that Grant closed the fourth quarter and, and played basically the entire fourth um, so did Alex Abrinas that's a good they point went, they yeah, went Alex. with Alex down the stretch and like I said earlier you know he didn't make his shots he missed his threes he did get a good amount of looks he got eight he shot eight, eight shots, field goals yep. zero of seven from three but he did finish that acrobatic and one but i will take those shots from abrinas any game i mean they were they were open in rhythm threes that just rimmed out i i think maybe as the game went on he was conscious of that and it kind of played a role in in the back of his mind but Abrinas had the fifth most minutes on the team. He played more than Corey Brewer, and he only played one minute less than Stephen Adams. Steve, yep. The fact that, that he's awesome. shooting, the fact that he's shooting confidently, and you know, last year and early this year, we saw him, you know, catch it on the catch it behind the line, and you know, he thought about shooting it and pass it. The fact that he's catching and just firing is 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 a good thing, I think, because like you said, it he had a he had a bad shooting night kind of against them from three, but you know. If he even makes half his threes that game, we probably win by 15 points. I exactly. Points. I was I was very encouraged by his everything else that he was doing. His sound defense. I mean, I think Kamiar brought up a good point. His positioning is so much better than compared to the earlier in the season. He just has got to learn to take a charge because all he has to do is slide to the ground. He has two or three charges called, yeah, uh, which would be up. huge for us. His hands are up. He's, He's in position. Feet are planted. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, something that was also pretty big that I noticed during the game was Russ actually yelling at him to keep shooting because there was one where Alex Abrinas caught the ball at the top of the perimeter and he double clutched it and then he shot it out of rhythm and it, it didn't go in, of course. And Russ just kind of looked at him and was like, Alex, keep shooting the ball, kind of screaming at him. So yeah. You want that from your leader telling your guys to keep shooting Absolutely. the ball instead of taking it out of his hands, which I thought was really awesome. Particularly if we can get. You know, if, if we just get half of those to go in, I mean, four of eight from the 
from the line or sorry from the field that'd be huge for this team particularly if the majority of those are three-pointers so i think it's i think it's incredibly encouraging that abrinas went oh of seven from the three-point line yet still played well enough against the number one seed in the west that he earned himself 27 minutes i agree i I I think that says a lot about the stuff on the peripherals about him and then, Jacob, you mentioned on our Twitter before the game how you were, I, I believe it was, I think you put it in the Twitter and our Slack, how you were really hoping that Billy was going to go to a shortened lineup. And he did exactly that. He only played a nine man rotation, and Abrinas was a big part of that. And I think you're exactly right when you mentioned that you think that this is going to be a very similar to look, it's a very similar look to what we will see come playoff time. Definitely. We, we've talked uh, quite a bit on this podcast about. You know, they have Abrinas, they have Ferguson, and they have Josh Hustis. And which wing are they going to play in the playoffs? Are they still going to split time evenly between the three? Is someone going to eat up somebody else's minutes? And over the past two or three games, it looks like Alex Abrinas is that man. And Hustis and Ferguson are going to be the odd men out. Yep. And he's stepping up to the occasion. I agree. Definitely. And I just, I just have two more quick little bullet points here I want to point out. Uh, one of them is that I mentioned that I still felt that OKC didn't play their best game. And to, to some listeners, they may find that as a surprise, considering we just beat the number one team uh, in the West and in the entire league, for that matter, record-wise. But I know there's a lot of Houston fans afterwards that were saying, well, we didn't have Eric Gordon, and we didn't have Brian Ryan Anderson. And, you know, we that's right there's another 30 to 40 points. Well, OKC won despite shooting under 40% from the field. And just 10 of 33 from the three-point line. They did hit their free throws. They had 15 offensive rebounds, which was huge. And then maybe the most important thing that I noticed is they scored 22 points off Houston turnovers and held Houston to three fast break points. So their transition defense was incredible. And that, yes, that was the final thing I was going to bring up. I thought we had to end with that kind of transition into the say of the thunder. Russ going up to Paul George and Corey Bruin saying, hey, I got Harden. And then just doing what he did. That's all-time great right there. So let me ask you guys about that. I was thinking about this last night. I tweeted about it from the uncontested Twitter account, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this. That fourth-quarter defense last night of Russ on arguably the best offensive player in the game right now, James Harden. When is the last time in Russ's NBA career you remember seeing him defend that well at that level against somebody that good? Never. I yeah. will. I, I will. I, I will start off. Sorry. Russell Westbrook against the Lakers in 2010, when they were playing the Lakers in that six-game series where Pau Gasol had the tip in. That one-on-one yep. ISO defense that he had against Kobe was probably the best defense that I've seen in his NBA career. Although that tip in that Nick Collison should have boxed out. But definitely, that was the best defense I've seen from him in the NBA. And being a UCLA fan. That's shades of when he was back in the Pac-10 days and just shutting guys down, taking guys out of games. But to see him in the NBA take on that bigger load of having to carry the offense and do those type of things, I get it. Sometimes he takes plays off and, and his defense is a little weak, but he has that greatness in him on defense. And I'm tired of hearing that he's not a great defender just because, yes, he takes plays off, but... I know who Russell Westbrook is on defense, and when he wants to clamp down, he can still clamp down. Yeah, it, it's a it's a question of when he wants to and when he can be engaged. So I have one more question for you guys. 
I wanted your guys' take on this. While it may not be the most important win in Thunder history, do you guys think that this is one of the most important wins in Thunder history? Or are we going to have to wait for the answer to that question to see what happens come playoff time and what happens with PG and Melo come off season? What's your guys' take on that? I mean, if Oklahoma City I, doesn't win one of the next two, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I think I think come Wednesday at about 10 p.m., if the Thunder are in the playoffs, we can look back at this. And I would say, I, I would put it as one of the top 10 wins in, I don't know, in Thunder history, or if I'd just say regular season history. That's Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I was trying to think. There's a lot of playoff games that could be considered important but i i think you do have to absolutely put it up there particularly if this gives us the confidence heading into next week to either sweep or take care of the heat at the very least because i could see them going in beating the heat after with this confidence and then we'll talk about that later but when we talk about the week ahead but anyways i i wanted you guys to take on that yeah, yeah. I, I i think it probably goes in and probably top 10 in regular season for the thunder but playoffs are a different animal you know playoffs are just a different animal absolutely thunder as a whole so over these last two games we have quite a few seeds that we can end up in i want to get your guys take on where you see us finishing and what opponent you'd like to see us see in the playoffs i know all of us do not want to see portland so we will start off with go camiar uh what i think okc is going to end up with is probably the five seed maybe five seed there's a lot of games you played. I have, I really have no clue what the hell's going to happen. They won't probably have the seven. I'm I'm guessing they'll have the five or the five or six. If they're the six, you gotta hope that Utah just keeps winning and they play Utah. If they're the five, then you gotta just hope that PDX keeps winning and they play Utah. Because I feel very good about my chances against playing Utah when you have Joe Ingles guarding PG. You have Russell Westbrook kicking D up on, I don't know, Rubio or Donovan Mitchell. It just it just works out very well for OKC as far as that goes. So that's what I'm going with. I'm kind of with Comey on that one. I think they end with the five or the six. Uh, your, your big goal is to try to avoid Portland by whatever you have to do to avoid Portland. Um, Utah's playing good basketball. I think that would be a fun series. I would not be too scared of San Antonio. I think that would be a good series, and I would definitely pick the Thunder to win that series. Minnesota is a little bit of a different animal, and you know, there's there's always the possibility they're seven and they get the seven-two matchup against a Curryless Warriors, which would be very interesting. So, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I think I think five or six is where we're going to end up, and actually, we did have a a Twitter poll about that um, and the results of that 12% of people voting that would be a four seed. <clears throat> 11% said missed the playoffs seven or eight seed uh, 30% of people said, and then the highest with almost 50% was the five or six seed. So I think uh, general consensus, uh, most people think five or six are where we're going to land come playoffs. Yeah, so according to Matt Moore of the Action Network now, used to be CBS, after last night game, if the Thunder go 2-0, and they're in with probably a very high seed of around 5 and possibly that 4th seed, depending on Utah's record. If they go 1-1 and they're in, they'll be closer to maybe that 6th, 7th, or at the very worst scenario, 8th. 
And then if they go 0 and 2, it depends on Denver and Minnesota. If they go 0 and 2, they're in. But if one of them do not, then they're out. So, or only and they, out. And they and they play each other the right? last game of the season. Or two and 0. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And they, so I guess technically they'd have to be in. So, anyways, I thought that was interesting. Also, one more thing I wanted to point out to you guys. I know we talked about it on a few podcasts ago. Do you think that Alex Abrinas has cemented himself in the playoff rotation when we shorten it down? I know we differed on that a little bit a couple weeks ago, but I want to get your take on who you guys think the eight to nine man rotation is going to be. We'll start off with Taylor. Yep. So I I kind of mentioned this, I guess, in this the, my recap, and I, I think what we have seen these past two games rotation-wise is exactly what Billy's going to go with when it comes to players. I think we're going to keep it to that nine-man rotation that we've seen. But we noticed like a unique, some unique tweaks I saw yesterday, last night, that I did not see Tuesday. So I think we're going to see continued experimentation from Billy with the lineup. But I think that nine-man rotation that we've, we've seen this past week is going to be it. I agree maybe some fl- maybe some flashes of Houston, depending on who we're playing, but no. they're going to be small flashes. And and I agree. I don't know if I'd be in favor of that, but we'll see. I think it's I, I think it's great that uh, the guys we do have coming off the bench are very uh, positionless positionless players. Jeremy can play if you had to small forward, a little bit through center. Abrinas can play shooting guard, small forward. Patterson can play power forward, center. We just have our bench, although they have struggled. Uh, throughout the season, we do have the luxury of having many of our bench guys that are able to play uh, multiple positions, and I think that'll help us a lot in the playoffs as far as matchups go. And you know, four or five games into each series, who can match up with who, and I think that's that's going to help us a lot in the playoffs as far as matchups go. Yeah, talking about the bench, Patrick Patterson and Jeremy Grant were massive in that Houston win. I mean, Patrick Patterson didn't necessarily show up in the box score other than the plus minus. He was, I think, the highest for the team as a plus 14. But uh, yep. he he did a lot of things defensively that were really awesome that kept, you know, Stephen Adams off the court, of course. And then just Jeremy Grant, those guys being able to switch onto smaller, smaller offensive players and still make it work, they were a pretty big deal. And then I think what you've been seeing, what the past couple games, especially the Houston game, you're just going to see going on in the playoff. I think that this is what the playoff rotation is going to be. Kami R for shits and giggles really quick for you, all of us and our listeners. We we bashed Felton. Uh, but Patterson, like you said, was a plus minus 14, highest on the team. Ray Ray came in second with a plus 13. Yeah. <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. Unreal. He, he, <laughs> it is he unreal. Had like, we had like two points, but he played yeah. really well defensively. Yep. Yeah. I'm oh, with you had, guys. I, I think points. it's those... <laughs> Oh, did he? Oh, God. Unless he got some at the very end before I took this screenshot, but yeah. I, Sorry, um, I just had to throw that in there. No, you're fine. <laughs> I, th- I think you guys are right. It's going to be that nine-man rotation, and there might be some tweaks as far as when people come in and out, and I think Billy is willing to play the matchup game. You know, he did that last night with Jeremy Grant. He liked the idea of having Grant in there to switch under those guards, because he knew Houston wasn't going to post up Capella down the stretch. He was going to be a pick-and-roll guy, and he felt comfortable with Jeremy Grant, that pick-and-roll defense, and switching off onto a guard if need be. And speaking of that pick-and-roll defense and switching and whatnot, I just have to bring this up because it was my favorite moment of this of this Houston game last night. 
when Russ got hung up on a on a Harden screen, uh, Harden got came off was the ball handler came off the screen and roll. Russ got hung up for a second. Harden went to the rim. Russ stayed on his hip and then just completely beat that shit off the backboard, like smacked it so hard the ball bounced back to the three point line. I can't. I probably shouldn't repeat on the podcast the amount of profanities I yelled at James Harden after he got his shit completely swatted by Russ. That was awesome. That was my favorite play that game. Yeah. (laughs) The the, the slack was uh, interesting last night, to say the least. And then last thing I want to touch on with you guys, speaking of the bench, is I pretty much think Josh Eustace will find greener pastures next year. But do you guys think it's going to be an interesting offseason we will be able to keep Jeremy Grant somehow, depending on PG and Melo is probably the biggest question. I don't know. Make, thinking about it makes me sad because he's going to yeah. be, yeah, he's, he's he's be so worth good. quite a bit of money. And he's and like, he, the, I think he's the epitome he, of a Pressy player. You know, like Pressy is so pumped right now because we all were doubting Grant and we're like, he's that long, fast, athletic athlete that pressy targets but he just it, that's not transitioning well for this team and then here we are and he's fit him incredible so for, i think pressy's pumped for jeremy this offseason obviously he could go elsewhere and get a lot more money but i think his role on this team is the reason he's thriving i don't know I, he's he's very very good but if you go if he you know signs a big deal with phoenix or something with a with a larger role maybe a starting role I don't know if he it would play as well as he does, um, you know, with us coming off the bench in our system. And I don't know how well he likes Oklahoma City, but I think potentially from his point of view, uh, he knows he thrives in this system coming off the bench, playing with this team. He may take less money and stick with us. But if, if he is about the money, he could definitely get more money elsewhere. So that'll be interesting. Let me um, let me be the voice on the other shoulder that gives some positivity to this topic here. The Thunder, even though Jeremy Grant will be an unrestricted free agent this summer, the Thunder do control his bird rights and are able to match any contract that is given to him. Um, Sorry, not match any contract. The Thunder are allowed to exceed the cap and pay Jeremy Grant however much they want to. They're not cap limited on Jeremy Grant. Maybe the most important thing here, a lot of cap space is filled up. A lot of cap space is filled up. So... I don't think that there's going to be a lot of teams that can throw large amounts of money at Jeremy Grant because that money is just not out there. I mean, as as we've seen, NBA teams can just dump that salary. Like, look at the Lakers. They have all the money in the world to go get people. If people want to spend money, they're going to find a way to spend money. Yeah, and speaking of that, Jeremy Grant is young. He's a paint protector. And the guy has extended his range to be quite a good three-point shooter in the NBA. So I, I can see someone throwing some good money at him. It's going to be an interesting offseason, but it all depends on what happens with PG and Melo. I think those are the biggest dominoes to fall that will determine whether we do with Grant. So speaking of PG, I think there's a hot topic right now that we probably need to address before we move on. I know we've gone a little long. What do you guys think about these free agency comments that, he, that PG mentioned here a couple days ago? I'm all on board. He's got me yeah. convinced. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I love it. I'm not convinced. All I heard out of that whole thing was, I like OKC. Um, it's been good here. Um, sounded like Nick. <laughs> um, um. I told you I was going to get your ass back. Hey, it takes me a little bit to gather my thoughts, okay? 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't just spit out hot takes like you. <laughs> He's got so many good takes in his head. He just has to process them all, right? Yes. Oh, oh man. <laughs> My thinking is, why would PG be like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm doing. Literally a week before playoffs, what else is he gonna say? That's just it's just it's just filler. He's just talking just to like not just to please the crowd, just to please people in Oklahoma, possibly just to please the team. He doesn't know what the hell he's gonna do in the offseason. He does he him talking about building something greater with Russ and Mello. I don't know about that. He's not gonna say, oh, I'm looking around a week before the playoffs start. See, I, I, I agree I with agree. that, but at the same Sorry, time, I think I think, the same thing. I, I think <laughs> so. He he could have also just said, "I'm not thinking about free agency right now. I'm just worried about making this playoff push and getting into the playoffs." So to to counteract that argument, you know, I think there's something there. He instead of saying either something negative or something just like even and just trying to brush it away for now, he he did play up Oklahoma City. I think there's something there. Um, does that mean he's coming back? Definitely doesn't mean that, you know, but I, I think it's better that he's saying those things rather than just, oh, I'm not worried about free agency right now. I'm just worried about playing basketball and getting my jumper back, you know, so I mean, was I, that what you're going to say, Taylor? Yeah, I would just, yeah, I was going to echo that and basically just say like, it's one thing he could have just been like, you know, like you said, I'm looking forward to free agency, or I'm not looking at free agency right now. I'm focusing on the season. We have a great thing going. But I, he even could have thrown in something at the end, like, I, but I love Oklahoma City. I love playing with Russ and Mello. This is a great place. They've done great for me. And then just left it at that. But then he keeps going on and starts talking about free agents. You know, I need to look at what me, Mello, and Russ can, who we can recruit in free agency. And the team coming back when Dre's healthy. And just a lot of interesting comments to the point now where I feel like if he leaves, it looks, while Thunder fans maybe don't care as much as they did with KD, it look, maybe looks just as bad because of these comments he's making. And I also think PG is a, that's something that a lot of people don't take into consideration is his personality. And I do feel like he is somebody who cares kind of about perceptions. Uh, and I know he wants, but maybe that's, maybe he is going to leave. And that's just him trying to, keep it good with Melo and and Russ heading into the playoffs, you know? So I could see that. I'm not convinced by any means, but I do find it intriguing simply because he said way more than he needed to. I guess I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, so I know we went a little long on this one, but I think to wrap it up here, I think there's two possibilities. He, if he stays in OKC, he's going to sign a one-and-one, give it one more year to go with Russ and Melo. If it doesn't work, he'll go to L.A. or – the answer is he'll go to L.A. I think those are the two possibilities right there to end it on that. Yep. I'd probably be with you on that. All right, so would you rather... You can deal with this or you can deal with that. You can deal with this or you can deal with that. You can deal with this or you can deal with that. Okay, all right, I got one. Would you rather be a hobo with a 5% chance of getting inherited by a rich guy or be Hitler two years before the end of World War II? Because you know you're going to have to shoot yourself, but you still got two more years as Hitler. A lot of stuff this week. A lot of people actually responded to it, and really none of them are basketball related, which is always good because it makes for fun things. So we'll start off with our first Would You Rather, which comes from another podcast from the Thunderheads podcast. They said, would you rather be able to do 100 consecutive back handsprings or have the ability to somersault beautifully whenever necessary in order to move more efficiently? I don't, I don't know what you guys are going to say, but I'm going to say with the, 
Jacob, first, what do you think? I'm taking the latter. I'm going to go be able to somersault in order to move more efficiently because the back handspring, why would you ever want to do 100 consecutive back handsprings? What what does that do for you? That'd be so tiring. You don't have it does room nothing. to do it either. Exactly. Like, you're going to go out to a football field just to do back handsprings? No, you're going to somersault <laughs> so you can get through crowded hallways and crowds at the peak and different sorts of things like that. I'm going with the somersault to move more efficiently. Same. I'm with you. I think I think it'd be, it'd be cool. It's kind of like parkour. Um, although, that being said, if you're somersaulting to people at the peak, you're probably going to get some weird looks. So I, I don't know if they're either one of those I'd rather have, but if I had to pick one, it'd probably be, it'd probably be the uh, somersault between people more efficiently. Yeah, I'm going with somersaults as well. So we're, we all agree that we are going to somersault instead of do 100 consecutive back handsprings. Sounds like it. All right. We're in unison. The next one comes from Matt Harrison at SoonerThunder51. He says, would you rather the Thunder miss the playoffs or get sh- shot in the face with beer that's been in a beer bong that's lodged in a dude's ass? So, so the yeah. the rest of that tweet that he mentioned he he mentioned the movie Blockers and I I actually just saw that earlier today so I can testify to this and it was it was a scene with John Cena and it was it was pretty funny I I was kind of iffy on the movie as a whole but that was a really really funny scene watching John Cena try and butt chug a bunch of beer while this like other like super fratty high school kid is as parents lake house and he's faking it the whole time basically so it made for a really funny scene i'm gonna have to go with probably the latter on this also because i care a lot about the oklahoma city thunder <laughs> <laughs> you're crazy <laughs> i'm i'm with taylor on this one it's solely because beer, you know? it says it shot in your face it doesn't say you have to drink it yes it's not going out yeah it's not going in my mouth and um as long as it's just on my face you know it it's beer. <laughs> yep, I can handle it. I can handle it. I'm going with that one as well because I want the Thunder in the playoffs. Yes. If Thunder it means up. OKC winning the championship, I'll do it. Yeah. But I, I don't know about that. The lot you at least get a lottery pick to keep if they miss the playoffs. But oh man, that's a that's a good question. I don't know that's about that one. movie though. Speaking yeah. of play, speaking of playoffs, this is going to be old news by the time this is released. But the Jazz just clinched. Ooh. It, oh, nice. Just, they just beat the Lakers. So I believe that caps the Thunder season out of five seed. Is that right? Or am I completely um, wrong? I don't know. I think they have to lose the rest of their games, isn't it? Because OKC holds the tiebreaker to them and only them. Ah, uh, okay. Got but they do, they do have a tough schedule. Um, I know the Jazz do not have an easy road. Their next couple games, they play, I think, Gold, the Warriors Gold, and the Blazers. Gold State and Portland, yep. That is correct. So, interesting but the next question comes from dude sour 12 uh it's an interesting at there but his at is pg13 season season s s z n so good job there he says (laughs) would you rather live the rest of your life with one eye or have no nose there's some variables on this one if i have no nose does that mean i can no longer smell anything ever again what or do hell? I still have my? What the hell are you gonna smell? Still have your what do you What are you gonna you, smell you, with, dog? You You, you <laughs> got a, a damn hole in your face. It's just the nose doesn't protrude <laughs> you out. You don't have a nose. You know, and I'm taking. So it's just gone. That's that's I'm, how I take it. 
I'm taking one eye then. One eye. <laughs> Me too. I'd rather be a cyclops. <laughs> See, that, that's my question. If you have one eye, does it mean you're a cyclops or you you're like an eye patch guy? I think I think he was hitting that eye patch, but yeah, it's not like you have like a eyeball in the center of your head. I think he was like heading that like <laughs> dude, <laughs> like eye I'd, patch. I'd but wear a fucking a baller ass eye patch. Yeah, like my yeah. ass, my ass, eye patch would be dope. I don't know what would be on it yet, but it would be badass. Also, have a really cool excuse to wear sunglasses anywhere. <laughs> just go. walking around with your shades. Can like, you imagine? You like yeah. pick, you pick up a girl somewhere, and you're like in these shades, and you take her back to the room, and you take your shades off, and you use an empty socket. You could wear a glass eye. That's true. See, you could options. wear a glass eye. Yeah, you have better options with just one eye. I think it's more. It's more. Uh, you can hide it better than you can no nose. There we go. On Halloween, Justin, at what Halloween, are you thinking? You're going to be a pirate every year. Yeah, well, if you have no nose, you would just be Voldemort every year. Yeah. I'm definitely going with one eye, but I'm still over here trying Unison. to figure out how like Jacob it. plans on smelling with no nose. Because you're going to have a damn hole in your face where your nose used to be. But you have no <laughs> sensory factors to smell anything. Well, then I, that's why I'm taking the one eye, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine never thing. being able to smell like baking cookies Ugh. ever again? You wouldn't oh, be able to taste man. very much at all, if even. Yeah, either. dude. You know, there's too much Kill my- going there. Kill yeah. myself at that point. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, well, next question comes from Hayden at Haterade208. That's oh, this good. one's so bad. He says, <laughs> yeah. would you rather have to watch your parents have sex every night for the rest of your life or join in once? Uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> so speaking of suicide. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, this this is the this is the part of the pod where I act like my microphone's broken and I can't talk. So you guys can answer. You guys breaking up. <laughs> Why did you add this question? Because I wanted to see what you would say. Because it's Kamiar. Here, here's the final verdict on this question. Since you put it in Kamiar, you have to be the sole person to answer. Uh, okay. Oh, that's a good question. I guess I would rather have to watch. And now it's, I'd rather have to watch my parents. I'm not joking. Right now. That's weird, man. I, I, I think you would become desensitized after yeah. a time, right? Yeah. yeah probably, like, probably, I mean, like, get, like, some Sudoku or something like that. Just do, do that while they're doing that. So I guess I could do that one. But I'm not joining in, man. That's, that's, a, lot of, that's, a, that's a lot of pain in the eyes afterwards. Like, you probably have no soul afterwards. So, <laughs> yeah, can you, can you imagine sitting at the at the dinner table after that? Like, so, uh, <laughs> how are things? Like, uh, <laughs> Alright, I've got mine for you guys. You guys ever seen The Human Centipede? I've never watched it, but I know about I it. I agree, yeah. So Same. for those that don't know what it is, it's basically like people have their faces sewn to like a person's butt in front of them, and it's just like a conglomerate of humans just like all in a row. So this one's kind of like the human centipede, just think just uh, with two people. So would you guys rather suck a fart out of somebody's butt five times a day for the rest of your life, or would you rather have to suck feces out of somebody's butt ten times total until you die? This is an easy one. But I'm afraid to say it because I'm afraid you guys are going to disagree <laughs> with me. So I'm going to let uh, other people answer first. 
What made you come up with this, man? Like, what? <laughs> it's a good question. It's a good question. I thought I signed up for a Thunder podcast. <laughs> All right, well, now we're talking about now. literally eating shit. All right, well, would you rather suck a fart out of Mello's butt five times a day or would you rather suck poop out of his butt ten times the rest of your life? <laughs> All right, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going for it. I'm doing the poop ten times for my life. That's kind of what I was thinking because it's spaced out. You know, it's not every day. That's all I got. Exactly. But I'm with you. This is going to be the one time Mello listens to our pod and is like, what are yeah. these dudes doing, man? He like gets us like, off iTunes and... <laughs> Why did you talk about sucking farts out of my butt? <laughs> what the fuck, Camiar? <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely taking a poop, man. I'm not sucking a fart bubble out of someone's asshole. <laughs> I'll get that shit. I'll do all ten in one day if I have to to get that shit yeah. over with. <laughs> You're crazy. That's a good dog. point. Just do all ten in one day and just get it over with. Uh, that's <laughs> gross. not bad. Not bad. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's let's go ahead and get into around the association. Yeah, around the let's association. get let's get back into some basketball. <laughs> so we're gonna go on to the around the association. First topic, uh, Ben Simmons and the 76ers are on a hot streak. Uh, I actually just saw a stat I wanted to bring up about Ben Simmons specifically. Um, He is averaging 15, 10, and 11 essentially over the Sixers' 14-game win streak. Uh, No player ever, rookie, vet, you know, nobody ever has ever averaged a triple-double over a winning streak of 10-plus games in NBA history. So clearly his triple-doubles are converting into wins. That's something that even Russ has never done. Uh, Do you guys think, I think right now they're ahead of the Cavs in the East with Kyrie getting hurt, Toronto, and crap in the bed every year in the playoffs. Do you guys really think that the Sixers could be the favorite in the East with how young they are? There's a chance. I don't think they will be the favorites, but I think I would put them as the favorites for the three or four seed. Also, just side note, if the Thunder lose in the first round or by somehow they don't make it this coming week, the Sixers are going to be my team I'm rooting for in the playoffs. Let it be known on this podcast. They're fun to watch, man. I uh, I don't think they're going to be the favorites to win the East, but if they can secure that three seed and force Cleveland to get the four seed and they don't have to see LeBron James until the conference finals, I think we could see the 76ers in the conference finals. My only worry is just experience, you know? Yep. Like yep. playoff playoffs are a different animal. On that note, if you're LeBron or PG this offseason, why not go to Philadelphia? That's what I'm saying. That worries me a little bit. You're right. They've got a lot of money because all their dudes are on rookie contracts. They've got a bright future, clearly, because they have all these guys locked in for at least three, four years. Screw the Lakers. If I'm if I'm PG or LeBron. I mean, they're, they're one, I guess you could say, weakness, which isn't really a weakness because they have, um, you know, decent depth at small forward. You put LeBron or PG on that Sixers team, that's scary. I'm with you. I'm definitely with you on that. I think LeBron's going to Philly, to be honest. Could. I don't think that's he would my go guess. To the West. Yeah, I don't think he would be in the West. I would say he either stays in Cleveland or he goes to Philadelphia. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense for him to go West. Yeah, I think those uh, are the two options there. Also, do you guys? So there was all that drama with Cantor and 
LeBron earlier this season. Uh, they put a new banner up in New York uh, oh, saying yeah. LeBron to New York and Cantor put it on his Instagram story. I don't know. That's kind of a weird deal after all that beef. Now Cantor's trying to recruit LeBron to New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't they say he was like king of New York? Yeah, yeah. And Cantor that's what like, Cantor was Cantor was making fun of the king of New York all middle or all beginning of the season and now he's on he's on board, which I don't know why you wouldn't be, but that was kind of interesting as a whole. Yeah, yep. I think Cantor shot himself in the foot. Although maybe LeBron's like, I want this dude on my side. He's gonna be yeah. trash talking everybody else. And he's going to ride or die for me. I saw what he does with and how he still treats Russ. I like that guy, but I still don't think he's going to New York. They no, just, there's no way. They're uh, still a dumpster fire. Yeah, I, yep. think, I think Braun and Embiid are a big... Braun and Embiid and Simmons are a bigger deal than what Braun would be with Porzingis and literally nobody else in New York. Mm-hmm. And even the Lakers, for that matter. Yeah, yep. it's a good point. Did you guys see Ben Simmons' uh, self-proclaimed nickname? Yeah. I don't think so. Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince. He, he Fresh called himself Prince. the Fresh Prince because he's ah, from Philly. See what he did there. The king and the prince. Yep, yep exactly. I thought it was pretty pretty clever. Clever, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan of people giving themselves their own nicknames, but that one's pretty awesome. Yeah, we'll give him that. Next, we're going to do the uncontested award show. I wanted to get you guys' takes on a couple of awards that were going to be given out um, at the NBA Awards show later this year. Uh, who's your guys' MVP to start? I'm still going to go James Harden, although depending on what LeBron does this past week, maybe. I I think I'm still going to go Harden. I'm on that train as well. I, I, think, I think Harden is going to win it. I think LeBron yeah. maybe just... No, uh, well, I mean, the, the Cavs record isn't that good, but LeBron is just so good. He always is deserving, but I think Harden gets it. Yeah, Harden's going to get it. Now, does he deserve it? Uh, I don't know, because that yeah. guy's been flopping everywhere ever since he started. And then when you've got another whiny bitch just like himself, CP3, as his backcourt mate, it's just really, really frustrating to watch him. So the guy, like, he can go 6 of 30, but he's going to finish at 30 points because he gets to line that many times. So his defense is still the same. His offense is better because they have CP3. So I would like to have LeBron James win the MVP, but everybody knows it's going to be hard. Yep. Yeah, it's hard. What about defensive player of the year? Try to be unbiased. I know we all would love PG to be the defensive player of the year, but who do you guys think uh, should win the award? Who's even in the running? I think Rudy Gobert is going to win it, but I think if Andre Robertson was healthy, he, this was his year to get it. Gobert was out yeah. for like half a season. I'm with you. I know, but I still think they're going to give it to Gobert just because the Utah's defensive rating with Gobert and the lineup is like it's ungodly. I think Gobert gets it. I could also see them maybe giving it to Embiid, maybe, mm-hmm. but but I think yeah. it's going to be Gobert. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Embiid and Horford uh, both up there. Horford's another good one, but I, you, you can't take human error out of these, and that's partially why I think Harden's almost a lock, because no matter what you do, you can say, oh, this is a, a one-season award, a regular-season award, as much as you want, but when it comes down to it, voters are going to take into consideration Harden's this previous season and how he's able to continue that into the season, and I think the same can be said of Gobert, even if he was hurt. 
he was also up there for defense player of the year last season. So I think he's going to get it this year for partially because of that reason. I'm going to say just Paul George and leave it at that. <laughs> I hope I'm gonna, so. I'm going to cool. go with Joel Embiid. Yep, that's a good, another nice. good one. What about rookie of the year? This is a fun one. Oh, it's so, it's this Donovan is maybe Mitchell. the closest. It's Donovan Mitchell. He's played all year long, and he's been very good all year long. Who else is a rookie that has played literally all year long and has been good all year long? I'm going with Donovan Mitchell as well, although I can very easily see the Ben Simmons vote as well. I'm going Donovan Mitchell. I can see where you like some of these voters are going to look into the stats and say, well, maybe Simmons has the overall better stats. But I'm looking at what Sim, or sorry, what Mitchell has been able to do with that team since Hayward left. And yes, Quinn Snyder deserves maybe equal credit. Maybe Gobert deserves close to equal credit. But because of what Mitchell's been able to do and just take over that team, it's I'm with I'm going Donovan. Are you guys ready for this one? Oh boy! I, th- I think they're gonna split the award. Ah. I'm gonna That'd go outside the box. I'm gonna go outside the box there. That's my guess. That's uh, that's interesting. I think I think this one's a lot less controversial. Um, I think everyone kind of agrees on this one. But I'll take I'll take your opinions. Most improved player. Oh, Vic. Yep. That's what Definitely. I as well. That's not even controversial. Yep. I'll give I'll give Terry Rosier a second place. I'll put him in second. I think that's more debatable. But I yeah. Why would you not give that to Victor Oladipo? I agree. It's I think it's dark. Russ, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Russ is over here holding everybody back. It's yeah. We of course as soon as he leaves the Thunder, he starts going off on us. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm um, super happy for Vic. He's been he's been great this year. Yep. He's he's been incredible. And his body's completely different. He's just a different guy. Yep. Are you guys ready to attempt to, as, I, as I say attempt because you guys have been pretty bad. Attempt to shoot your shot? Yes. Let's, Let's get it. it. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Well, listen, sometimes you got to shoot your shot. You, you got to shoot, shoot your, your shot. shot. That's what it is. Bang! All right, so we're at uh, five out of 12, so you're very close to 50%. I tried making them easy once again this week, but easy means nothing for you guys. The first question is Thunder-related, as always. Um, it's about Russell Westbrook. So he came in the league. He was drafted in the 2008 draft. Um, what season was his first recorded triple-double? Oh nine, oh ten. Oh, it's about, oh. yeah. Oh ten. You said oh ten. <laughs> you tried <laughs> ragging on me. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Justin on this one. We'll say oh yeah. nine ten. Yeah, it was pretty early. It was actually you guys are wrong. It was his rookie no. season. Oh my gosh. Oh, March no way. March of two thousand nine. So it'd still be the oh eight oh nine season. Wow. Um, March second, his first triple double was seventeen points, ten rebounds, and ten assists. Um, he was actually the first rookie uh, since Chris Paul uh, to do it. Now that's obviously not as big of a deal with Ben Simmons and all these other rookies just being ridiculously good and doing it their rookie year. But for him to do that as a rookie was a huge deal. I don't think anyone thought he was going to be 
um, the triple double king like he is now, but he did he did get that late in his rookie season. So See, yeah, that surprises me. I that's you're exactly right. I thought it was going to be that next year because mm-hmm. uh, he didn't even start his rook the majority of his rookie year. So right. Oh. Well, that's not a good start. Uh, <laughs> next, we're going to go to the NBA as a whole question. And um, you guys, you guys familiar with John Stockton? Sure. Yes. Where did he go to college? Where did he oh, play his college ball? Was it Gonzaga? Oh, that's not our answer. I'm just proposing this to other guys. Did he go to Gonzaga? He oh. went somewhere out in California. I know his son went to Gonzaga. Was it Gonzaga? Was it St. Mary's, maybe? Oh, man. I don't know. I just know he has short shorts. Yeah. And his yeah, son not, just got... Picked up by Jazz. Yeah, it's it's somewhere on the West Coast. I know. I, I like Gonzaga. I think you're right there. I, Gonzaga. Uh, I've seen highlights. I, I'm, I feel like my, that might be I it. I think his son was a legacy at Gonzaga. Just why they're, it's really yep. exciting. His son was a legacy for Utah. So I would also go with Gonzaga. Is that your final answer? Yes. Sure. That is correct. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> Just like the Thunder. Started out 0-1, ended this week 1-1. There you go. Last question is a pop culture question. It has to do with our president, Donald Trump. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) He had his own show that aired from 2004, or started airing in 2004, and it was a pretty popular show. What was the name of that show? The Apprentice. The Apprentice. Good. Yeah. An easy question was easy for you guys, so we had a winning record this week. There is a softball. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Almarosa, man. There you go. So that puts us at 7 and 15. So still not 50%, but we will try again next week. Very good. You guys ready to move on to the pop culture minute? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. That Call Me R says is not a pop culture minute because we spend too long on it. <laughs> the pop Spare. culture 20 minute. It's over nine winter is coming i told you a million times my teeth are coming in it's called cleidocranial dysplasia Wakanda forever! hey it is what it is man all right so this week we are talking about the netflix original series stranger things wednesday april 4th nbc news announced that the creators of stranger things are being sued by a guy named Charlie Kessler, who claims that the Duffer, Duffer brothers, the creators of Stranger Things, quote, lifted concepts from his 2012 short film titled Montauk Project. He, so he's basically saying that the Duffer brothers stole the plot line from his movie and put it into Stranger Things. It remains to be seen if the lawsuit will go through, but as fans of the show, we know that Stranger Things has many old 80s and 90s pop culture influence and could be tied to a plethora of old movies and shows. So my question for you guys, what old movies, shows, video games, etc. remind you of Stranger Things, and what are, your, what are some of your favorite nostalgic references in the show and your favorite character? I'll go ahead and go I first. Uh, my favorite character in the, in the entire series is Dustin. That kid is hilarious. And really, the only thing I have to say about it is that the show really, really reminds me of the Goonies, and I really like yes. both of those. So I'm really in tune. With That's what I was gonna things. say. And even, 
uh, Rob, right? He even has the, or Bob, sorry. He has the, he uses a similar line in season two. I won't, won't try to give away any spoilers or anything, but they basically are going on a hunt through these like underground tunnels that this creature has created. And he has this quote, what's at the X? Pirate treasure. And that's pretty much straight from the Goonies. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Do we know when the next season comes out? Season three, I think it comes out around October of this year. That, yeah, I think it's going to be fall. I, I, I've I've seen the first two seasons, but it, it's been so long that yeah, that I I need to rewatch it before that comes out. But yeah, the Goonies is is exactly what kind of, what came to mind when I first started watching it. Um, it is it's a it's an incredible show. If you guys haven't watched it, uh, as they all here listening, you definitely need to get that started because it, it, this, yeah. the next season is coming out soon. It's a very very good show. Yeah, another Have obvious you- one is Ghostbusters. I yeah. mean, they dress up as Ghostbusters for Halloween. They had the catch, the the catchphrase. That was pretty cool. Have you guys seen the movie called Super Eight? No, I don't think so. It, it's a really good movie. It's about a group of kids who are uh, basically using a little camera to film like a like a indie type movie, and they end up catching some paranormal stuff on their video camera. And they have to end up solving the mystery. And it's a lot like Stranger Things. So Stranger Things reminds me a lot of that. Um, I think I'm with Kamiar. My favorite character is probably Dustin. Although season two, I really like... Um, oh, and I just went brain dead on his name. The um, the older boy, he was the, the jerk in season one. Yeah, and he, he ends up becoming... Yeah, yeah. what's his name? I haven't watched it in so long. I'm, I don't remember any of their names Anyways, anymore. Anyways, I, I like him a lot. And coming from the nerd of the group, I love that the boys have all this supernatural crazy stuff going on in their life. And the way they always find how to describe it is through their old Dungeons & Dragons books. You know, that, that's the only way they can personify what is going on and understand it is through their little game that they play. And I just, I that's find it, that really, yeah. really cool. That's good. Also, season two, they're in the arcade. And that's kind of how it all kicks off. So I thought that was really cool as well, seeing the arcade games that they're playing. I think Dig Dug is one of the yeah, major playing, ones. They're playing Dig Dug at the beginning, yeah. That's and that's awesome. for a chat. And I, lo- I actually, I played Dig Dug growing up. It was kind of like, it was still, even when I was growing up, was even considered a throwback then. But I had it on like some kind of, one of those consoles you bought and you like plugged it into the TV and it popped up. Yeah, and I had like all the arcade uh, games. About. Yeah. Um, so that was cool and it was symbolic and kind of foreshadowing of what they would have to do later on in the season. So I thought that was cool as well. Definitely. All right. I think that's all we got for the Pop Culture Minute this week. Um, let's move on to some Twitter questions. All right. So the first Twitter question we have comes from at Clark Matthews. He asks, your life is on the line unless one of these tasks is completed successfully. One, Andre Roberson has to knock down one of two free throws or two, Corey Brewer has to dribble coast to coast against a full court press. Which one do you choose? We'll go with Nick. Oh, man. Neither of those options are very good. Ooh, I don't know. I, I I would take Corey Brewer as out of control as he is dribbling a lot of times. I don't think he's as out of control as he looks. I think it's just the way he dribbles. So I would probably take Corey Brewer. Just you, He could get lucky and make it all the way down, whereas Roberson, man, there's, there's no way I'm trusting him on the line. <laughs> Especially right now. 
yeah. and walk. <laughs> and according to you, he's not coming back for quite a while. KD will be back before him. <laughs> no. I screenshotted everything, boys. So if 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 there was a if there was a Shaq and a fool of our podcast, you would be on it every single week. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm gonna go Andre Robertson free throw. I'll go with Corey Brewer has to dribble coast to coast because we've seen it a couple times already. Now not against a full court press, but I'll go with that because you the, know, the Corey Brewer like, thing would at least be entertaining. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to go with Dre because you at least have a 50-50 shot, whereas on a full-court press, you have so many different op- like so many different things could happen. All, th- th- you know, all five defenders could go after Corey. Three or four of them could go after Corey. Corey could get double-teamed. Corey could try and pass the ball to somebody and get it picked off. There's just so many other variables out there, so I'm going to go with the 50-50 ball. And I, don't even, I don't even know if it's a 50-50 ball. It's not 50-50. Yeah. It's like 25% ball. Yeah, that's, I guess you got to look into his free throw percentage. That's a good point. I don't know. Yeah, I'm that's going with Corey up. Brewer dribbling coast-to-coast. Coast. I can't trust Dre at the free throw line. <laughs> even, he, he'd probably do better one. if he closes his eyes. All right, so number two comes from at soccer player, okay. That's S-O-C-R-P-L-Y-R-O-K. He asked, what do you think OKC's record would be if Brad Stevens was coaching this team? Same record, better record, or worse record? We'll go with Jacob. Man, it might be better by a few games, um, but I don't think it's going to drastically change. Uh I, I really like Brad Stevens. Don't get me wrong. I think Brad Stevens is a good coach. I also think Brad Stevens is a little overrated. I want to see him, you know, win more than two games in the playoffs before we start anointing him like the best coach in the NBA. And that might be a little unpopular, but uh, I would say maybe he gets a little bit more out of this team in the regular season. Uh, and this might be a hot take as well, but I'd rather have Billy Donovan than Brad Stevens when it comes to the playoffs. I'm not huge on. NBA coaches getting a whole lot of credit. I know they they do a lot, but I I don't know if Brad Stevens would make us that much better. Like you said, maybe one or two games, but when it comes down to end of the game, Billy does a decent job of drawing up plays. And at the end of the day, Russ is going to do whatever he wants to do with the ball. So I don't know if Brad Stevens would be that much better. So I'm with you guys in that I don't think that having a different coach, regardless of who it was, would have affected the record that much this season. But I would say probably like you guys said, maybe just because of his consistency and his his offensive and defensive schemes that we might have a couple more wins because of that. But I do really like Brad Stevens and I'm I he's my favorite for coach of the year. He, I mean not that I have a vote or that I'm even an analyst or anything that matters, but just from the games that I've watched, even though I like Quinn Snyder a lot, I think I might have to give it to Brad Stevens. I think that if OKC had Brad Stevens, they'd have like four or five more wins. And yeah. it's it's substantial because if OKC has four or five more wins, they're the three seed and it's almost a lock right then. But, I mean, if you're talking about which coach I would rather prefer I'd have, I'd rather have Pop, and I think he would do a lot better than Brad Stevens would because he'd actually have the balls to bench a star like Melo or a PG or a Russ if they're out of control. So, But if we're talking about Brad Stevens, I mean – Look at the roster he has right now, and they're still winning. Yeah. 
And like, yeah, I've been really impressed with what he's done. You don't have Marcus Smart. You don't have Kyrie. You don't have Gordon Hayward. You've got a rookie. Uh, you've got Jalen Brown, who's been concussed, and you've got Terry Rozier, and they're still winning games. So, I mean, that's not just because of the talent they have there. That's because of what he's doing over there. Yeah, Brad Stevens is a great coach. I think OKC, like Camiar said, would have quite a few more wins in the regular season. But outside of last year, that first season, Billy Donovan seems to have something up his sleeve for the playoffs. I don't know if we'll see it this year. Last year, he didn't have much of a bench. Uh, Russ was overworked. But hopefully we can see that 2016 playoff Billy Donovan. But I definitely see a few more wins in the regular season. But the playoffs, they both have pretty much had the same outcome gone to the conference finals but um, that's a really good question number three we go from at drinking tea he asked how frustrating is it knowing that russ has the ability to defend like that on a nightly basis but is just too lazy to do so talking about the rockets game if he was at 50 percent of that defensive effort it would make a huge difference for this team start off with Camiar. I mean, it's frustrating. You, you mean because you see what he can do against the Rockets, and he does this really against teams that he believes are up to his like his own stature, his own fame, his own caliber, whatever you want to call it. Like when you see him play against bigger teams like Golden State, and Steph Curry's out there, he'll d him up. You when they played against Portland, he was on Damian Lillard's hip, riding him the entire game. And, of course, when it came to crunch time against Houston, he rode Harden and then really made sure he didn't do anything. It's really frustrating seeing Russell Westbrook go out against, like, Dallas and playing and just, like, not playing on Yogi Ferrell at all or going against, uh, I don't know, somebody that – Alfred Payton and just not respecting them at all. That's what's really frustrating. To me, it's not a lazy thing as much as a respect thing. He respects good players in the NBA, and he's going to D up on them. He doesn't respect other players like a like a you know who, who's playing for the who's playing for crap freaking Memphis Memphis yeah exactly heat. yeah he's not gonna respect them so he's not gonna play up on them so to me it's frustrating because he just doesn't play in play in and out on an nightly basis the exact same way I agree and I th- I think that the fact that Steph isn't playing in the first round if we were to match up to them. I don't think Russ would respect Quinn Cook, who is balling out right now. Hit like five threes last night. Uh, I don't. I. It, it is frustrating, but maybe in the playoffs, when we're going up against better talent all the time, he'll he'll step it up. I think Kamiar worded that perfectly, so I don't want to add too much to that because I think you're exactly right. It is frustrating, and then there's, I mean, the argument that Thunder fans have been using for years now is that he does so much on the offensive end. You know, he's doing so much else for his team that he sometimes will take those possessions off. And that's why he, you only see it in flashes or you only see it games that matter. But it, I think drinking tea brings up a good point. If he puts 50% of that effort in on a nightly basis, even if that takes away from his triple doubles, that'd be really nice to have. So uh, it is frustrating to an extent, sure. But there's also factors, I guess, that we probably don't even know about. So Definitely. I want to add on. I want to add on to this question real quick and get your guys' opinion on this. I thought about bringing it up in Would You Rather, but I think it fits better here. Uh, It is a Would You Rather. Would you rather have Russell Westbrook play at the defensive intensity that he did last night against Harden for 90% of his games, but because of that, he averages seven points and three assists fewer per game, or would you rather just keep the Russell Westbrook the way he is right now? 
the way seven, he is. Yeah, seven points and three assists. That's a significant. I mean, you got to take into account how much assists really account for when it comes to a, a Thunder basketball game. I'm going to go with the rest we have now. I think that's, but that's a really good question. I agree. I feel like Russ affects the game more as he is now than if he averaged seven points and three assists less. Interesting. Okay, so you guys are all in agreement that you'd rather have the rest now than uh, uh, arguably top five defensive point guard rest that sh- uh, scores less and assists less? Yeah. Who else Who else are you going to yeah. trust to score the ball as much as he does? PG and Mello have been ass cheeks the last two months. <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. And if you take away three assists, Stephen Adams isn't getting any more touches than he is now. So, uh, yeah. Interesting. All right. right. That's good, though. That's a really good question. That is a good question. All right, we'll move on to Taylor, who has the next week's preview. Yeah, so we are wrapping it up this week. Pretty exciting, uh, much more so since we won the game last night against the Rockets. So we start this last week of the regular season tomorrow night against the Miami Heat. We are at Miami, 6.30 Central Time. Miami is, they've kind of been an under-the-radar team. They're currently six in the East. They have a 43-37 and 37 record, and they've won six of their last four, or sorry, they're six and four in their last ten. Although, they did recently lose to the Knicks, so that's something to keep in mind there. I feel like if we carry our momentum that we had against the Rockets, if Russ shows out a little motivated because we know he hates uh, Drogic, or however you say his last yeah, name. Yeah, Drogic. You Drogic. got that. Cool. Uh, yeah, they, they kind of go head-to-head, so that'd be really cool to see Russ have another solid game. But obviously, it'd be nice. I think it's a really good opportunity to play a maybe a playoff-caliber team, but not quite to the extreme of some of these Western Conference teams, to where we can work on some things, maybe get Steven the ball a little more, maybe help Melo and PG to find some consistency. So I look forward to that one. I think that'll be another fun one, but I really hope we can come out with that win. And then Also, interesting. Sorry, interesting on that one. Miami has no path to get higher than the sixth seed that they're currently at. However, losing, they could drop as low as eight, but they are locked into the playoffs. Interesting. So there, that's true. I think I did see somebody was tweeting at like maybe Brett Dawson. Does that sound right this morning? And they were mentioning that because if they, they can avoid the Sixers, I believe, if they lose this game so there was like some talk that maybe they would be wanting to lose this game so that's definitely something to keep an eye on and something we can it's true yeah if they dropped to seven on. they would they would play boston so and without Kyrie, them i mean yeah that's tough but um yeah that's something we can touch on next week in hindsight and then wednesday we have the grizzlies at home to wrap up the season at seven o'clock central grizzlies are 14th in the west they're two and eight of their last 10 there's not a lot to say about Memphis other than I just hope the Thunder don't overlook them and can take care of business. So last week, Jacob and Nick and Kamiar all went one-on-one. Kamiar specifically sorry, specifically said that we would have a loss to Houston but win against Golden State. And I think maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Jacob and Nick guessed, or echoed that. And then Justin... We, I don't think we officially got Justin's take, but we all assumed that he was going to be two and zero. Justin, yeah, I was, I was a little bit too thinking? busy. I was a little bit too busy getting drunk in Nebraska on that one. So <laughs> I would, I would have gone two and zero. Okay, good. So yeah, we know that one. And then I went zero and two. I was super pessimistic after last week, and I was very, very happy after last night. So guys, what do we have this week? Uh, Jacob, we want to start with you. 
Sure, I am going two and zero. Two and zero. I like it. Tommy R, you want to go next? Yeah, I'm also going two and zero. All right, and then Justin, two and zero. Another one, Nick. Uh, we're gonna lose to Miami, and it's gonna come down to playing one of the worst teams in the NBA to get in the playoffs, and we're gonna win on a buzzer beater. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Man. goodness. See, I'm feeling a little more optimistic after that game last night, but that scares me because I was feeling pessimistic and they exceeded my expectations this past week. I'm gonna have to say two and zero. I really am, but I'm really I I'm scared. I'm not confident in that. But let's go, let's go two and zero. Awesome. So we all we all have two and zero except Nick. So we'll see what happens when they go zero and two. We will never podcast again. <laughs> Agreed. Oh That's God. a deal. That's the deal. <laughs> Lock on. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thank you all so much for checking out our podcast. The regular season ends Wednesday, and we will be dropping a first-round playoff preview podcast on Thursday with a special guest, so make sure you guys keep an eye out for that. Uh, we appreciate you guys for checking us out. If you have the time, it would mean the world to us if you go onto iTunes and left us a five-star rating. Also, if you leave a review, we will read it live on the podcast. So please go leave a rating, leave a review. Um, it would mean a lot to us. It would really help us out. Make sure you are following us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. You can find Kamiar at BoomTownRW. Nick is at Two Cranes. Taylor at Taylor underscore P15. Justin is at jhickness 9 and myself at ThunderMob405. And we will talk to you on Thursday. Thunder up. Nobody builds 5G. Like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.